I go back, I move out of my parents' house, and I spiral out of control. Like, I'm alone, like, no one will care. Um, it just left me just empty. Like, like I knew uh, that something was missing. I felt so unloved, and I felt so unworthy of love, <laughs> because who would want to love that? I asked God, I said, why? Why am I feeling like this? Like, take this pain away from me. I At this point, it was just a, a downhill spiral. It was ups and downs, but it was, it was a battle between our flesh and, and everything inside. At age two, I was adopted into a family of seven. Um, I was going to um, Bayless Elementary School, and I was fortunate enough to have my twin sister, Brianna, there with me um, through it all. At this point, our roots were, our roots were broken, and we were trying to um, find ourselves within the household and, and in our fr friends. and and in our family itself, uh, starting my freshman year in high school, um, which was 2014. Uh, me and my sister were going um, to my aunt's house to visit, and we'd found her passed away. At this point, it was just a, a downhill spiral. It was ups and downs, but it was, uh, it was a battle between our flesh and and everything inside. New Year's Day rolled around Christmas and um, my dad passed away New Year's Day 2015. Um, I'd found him passed away and, and since then my, my sister and I have definitely fell apart as well as a family. And, um, my sister Brianna, um, she's going on her second child um, and she was put back in foster care right after my dad passed away. Uh, my house was foreclosed on and we were out of options and nowhere to go. At this time, my support system was, was just uh, dwindling away and I didn't have anyone to talk to or run to. Uh, right after my dad passed away, I dropped out of high school and, um, and haven't gone back. I started working in two jobs and trying to stay above water and trying to stay emotionally and, and physically well. February 19 rolls around uh, this year and my twin sister Brianna had passed away. She committed suicide due to the depression and anxiety and the battles that she was battling with, um, with her kids. She ran out of options and, and it was It was what she thought was best for her at the time. Through the midst of my sister's problems and dilemmas that came, she pressed in um, to Jesus and, and all that he had to offer. She was just looking in all the wrong places, but finally she looked in the right place and that was toward him. Um, she didn't know what to expect. She didn't know if she'd be let down or, or if it was the right thing to do, but she pressed in and she was planting seeds in everyone she could, every, every moment, every day. Um, she was planting seeds. She was 
moving forward and walking beside him. And she's very um, adamant about getting me there as well. Um, she invited, uh, invited me to church and um, one of the message was, I am Barabbas. After I heard that message, I was so thrilled and, and so pumped about getting into church and hearing more, just, just wanting to fully engulf myself in what, um, what the Bible says and what, what, um, what God's plan is for me. March 1st, um, after my sister's memorial, um, shortly after, um, I commit my life to Christ. Desperation was, was key. It was, it was me at that time. Um, but one thing I've always heard was desperation for restoration. To be restored and um, to give back and to be able to be where I was um, and, and to be further. Um, I, have, I had to be desperate enough to, to want to be restored. So just as my sister was wanting to show the truth of God to me, I know that if you're watching this and you're in a place of, of seeking, seeking Him or trying to show Him to other people, don't be afraid to press in and to, to be vulnerable, to keep moving forward by Him. And anything's possible. The sky's the limit. I think that if there's anything I've learned for these past couple months is that no matter how many times I take one step forward and two times back, God will still be beside me through those two steps back and that one step forward. Would you help me thank Brennan for sharing his story? You know, his sister battled with mental illness. She battled with depression. But in the middle of that, she committed her life to Christ. And even though she ended up committing suicide, she went to heaven to be with Jesus where she was no longer suffering, where she was no longer battling, where she was no longer struggling or crying or dealing with depression. We talked about this last week. All those things were gone forever for Brianna. And as a result, Brennan ended up giving his life to Christ. And so we thank God that even at rock bottom, as we talked about last week, God can take our rock bottoms and he somehow supernaturally can bring good. He can work those situations. Even though they're not good, the situation's not good. God can bring good out of anything. You know, I'll never forget sitting in the driveway in my truck with a girl I thought I was going to marry. All through middle school and high school, I thought I was going to marry this girl. We were very good friends and I really believed we were going to get married and I'll never forget sitting in my truck with her in her driveway at the house she grew up in. We were in high school, it was about her senior year and I was telling her about my past relationships that were very unhealthy and all the mistakes sexually I had made with, with those girls in my past. You see, when we weren't dating in middle school and high school, there was fear, there was panic there. Some of you know my story, that because she didn't like me when I liked her, like because the timing wasn't right, there was a lot of fear and panic that set in in me. And so I settled for less than God's best in my dating relationships. And as a result, that 
led to unhealthy relationships where I made a lot of bad decisions and poor choices and it led to a lot of pain and regret. Some of the pain and regret of those relationships is the way that it caused this girl, her name was Darby, to react in that moment. Because you see, she too thought, it was weird, all, all through middle school and high school, she, she thought that we would probably end up one day getting married too. We just both thought that's who, who, who God had for us. It, it's, it's strange, it's hard to explain, but we both believe that. And, as I told her about my past and about those relationships and all the mistakes I made, she broke down crying. And she said she wasn't sure she could get past that, she could ever get over that. And she got out of my truck crying and went into her house and we didn't talk again for a while. That's one of my rock bottom moments in the, in the years that followed thinking that I had forever messed up God's best for me. Like that it was too late for Darby and I because of the mistakes that I had made. And so I hit rock bottom after that and I went back to exactly what got me into that position in the first place. I ran from God and, and his best and trusting in him. And because of the fear and the panic and not having what I wanted at that moment when I wanted to have it, I went back to some of those same relationships and made the same mistakes I had already made, I had already regretted, I had already hated myself for. I went back to some of those same relationships and made the same mistakes because of the fear and the panic that set in from not having the relationship I thought was for me. At the time, I thought I needed to have it. And so I went back to some of those same relationships and made some of the same mistakes. It was rock bottom. Maybe some of you have been there before too and you lost that girlfriend or boyfriend that led you to making dumb decisions with people you knew weren't God's best for you. Or maybe the, the fear of trusting in what God has for you has kept you in a unhealthy relationships where, where, where you've made a lot of those same mistakes. But what do you do when you hit rock bottom? Because you're scared or you're fearful of God's timing and what you want in that moment and, and you're not receiving it in that moment. What do, you, what do you do when you hit rock bottom? Where do you go? Who do you turn to? Well, if you got a Bible, I want to share a story with you tonight that I believe will bring you a lot of hope. It's in John chapter 11. And if you don't have a Bible, you can go to RaiderChurch.com on your phone. Just select sermon notes and you can follow along right with us. The verses will all be there. But we're going to be in John chapter 11 tonight. You're going to see a story tonight that I believe will bring you hope, whether you've experienced sickness, loss, death, or just confused on God's timing, and you're at rock bottom as a result, or you're struggling right now as a result of one of those things, I believe this story will bring you a lot of hope tonight. So John chapter 11, let's go. Starting in verse one, it says this, a man named Lazarus was sick. 
As we just said, sometimes we're at rock bottom because of sickness or illness or disease in us or, or in a family member. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. And so the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. Some of you will hit rock bottom because you'll experience sickness or disease or maybe someone in your family or maybe a friend will experience sickness or, or disease that, that could potentially lead to death. And as a result, you've experienced rock bottom or you're there now because someone you love very much, just like Jesus with, with Lazarus or, or like Mary and mother, uh, Martha's brother, Lazarus was sick. And as a result, they're, they're at rock bottom. Let's keep going. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, watch this. It happened for the glory of God. Sometimes we wonder, why, why is this happening? Why, why me? What, what, what's going on? Well, in all things, good or bad, God is always working everything together for your good and his glory. It's not all good. But we saw last week, God's working it together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So God's working it together for good and he's working it all together for his glory so that you and I will see the glory and the majesty and the power of God, even through our rock bottom moments. So it says, no, it's happened for the glory of God so that the son of God will receive glory from this. So watch this. So although, watch this. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary and Lazarus, he stayed where he was. He knows Lazarus is sick. But I think it's amazing here that John points out that Jesus loves Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. He loves them. Yet, knowing that Lazarus is sick and that Mary and Martha are stressed and, and struggling, even knowing that, he stays where he is for the next two days. And finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea a few verses later. He says this, then he said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I will go and wake him up. Then a few verses later, when Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days. Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem. And many of the people had come to console Martha and Mary in their loss. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary, stayed in the house. Martha goes out to meet Jesus. Mary stays in the house. I wonder why. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had only been here, my brother would not have died. So Lazarus is sick. Jesus learns of it. He doesn't go immediately. He waits for a couple of days and Lazarus ends up dying. Obviously, Mary and Martha are broken. They're rock bottom because of the loss of their brother. And not only that, they're confused. Look, it says that Martha says to Jesus, if, if you had just been here, Jesus, like if you had just come when we told you to come, like Jesus, you came, but you're too late. Like you must not have understood the seriousness of what was happening here. You've ever found yourself thinking this? God, you must not have understood what was going on. You must not have really seen the trouble that I was in. 
The state that I was in, you must not have understood. You must not have grasped the reality of the situation, Jesus. Because if you had been here earlier, then maybe my brother wouldn't have died. She's confused on the timing. And in fact, Mary doesn't even go out to see Jesus. And, and I wonder, the text doesn't tell us this, but I wonder if she was upset with Jesus. You ever been there before at a rock bottom moment? Like you don't understand why Jesus isn't doing something for you in that moment. Like maybe he doesn't love you. Maybe he doesn't care about you. Maybe he doesn't see you. And so I can imagine, the text doesn't tell us this, but I can imagine Mary's upset with Jesus. Like she's angry, she's, she's bitter that if Jesus had come when they wanted at their timing, then maybe her brother wouldn't have died. Maybe this wouldn't have happened to him if Jesus had done what they wanted when they wanted it to happen. So Martha says, Jesus, if, if you'd only been here, like if you'd only come when we wanted you to come, if you'd only come in our timing, like when we told you to, then maybe, maybe our brother wouldn't have died. Let's keep going. But even now, look at her response. She's confused about the timing. She doesn't understand why Jesus wouldn't have come. She doesn't understand why Jesus wouldn't have done what they wanted when they wanted but even now, Martha says, I know. In other words, I believe. Even in the midst of my unbelief and my doubt and, and my confusion at my rock bottom moment, but even now I know. In other words, but even now, Jesus, I believe this, that God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. And Jesus told her, I and the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes, anyone who believes in me, in Jesus, will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. I love this because it sounds like a, a child is writing this and I can understand it. Like you're never, ever, ever, never, ever, ever gonna die if you believe and Jesus, and then he says this, do you believe this Martha? Do you believe this Martha? So Jesus shows up and they're saying, Jesus, why didn't you come? If, you, if you'd only come earlier, when we, when we wanted you to come, then my brother wouldn't have died. And Jesus shows up and says, Mar Mar Martha, I I'm the resurrection of life. If you believe in me, you'll live even after dying. In other words, watch this, Martha. It's not too late for me. It's never too late for me because I am the resurrection and the life. Even if someone dies, if they believe in me, they will live. If they believe in me, they never, ever die, Martha. Never, ever, ever, never die. It's never too late for me. And so what I can imagine Jesus is trying to get her to understand is this, is Martha, listen, no matter what happens today, no matter what happened to Lazarus today, Lazarus wins. You need to catch that. Because Jesus is the resurrection of life. He shows up to them saying, you're too late. And he says, it's never too late for me. It doesn't matter the circumstances. It doesn't matter what's going on. 
It doesn't, regardless of the circumstances, I'm the resurrection and life. I bring dead people to life. I bring dead situations to life because I am the resurrection. I am the life. And whoever believes in me, even though they die, they will live. They will never, ever die. I can bring dead situations to life. It's never too late for me. And so, Martha, watch this. Lazarus wins. Because whether I heal him today, whether I bring him back to life today in this moment, like whether I I raise him from the dead and bring healing now today, or whether ultimately and finally he is healed through the resurrection, Jesus, Lazarus wins. It's just a matter of timing, Martha. It's just a matter of God's timing. Lazarus wins because he believes in Jesus. And then he says, Martha, do do you not believe that? Like, do you believe this? Because if you believe this, Martha, then you too win. No matter what happens to your brother or what happens to you in this life or in death or whatever, it doesn't matter. It's never too late for me because I'm the resurrection and the life. Time doesn't stop me. Death doesn't stop me. Sickness doesn't stop me. I'm the resurrection and the life, Martha. And so if you too, if you believe this, then you win no matter what. The question is if you believe it. Do you believe that Jesus is the resurrection and the life? Because Jesus said whoever believes in him will live even after dying. In other words, they'll receive eternal life. Jesus said this in John chapter three, verse 16. Many of you know this verse. He said this, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him, in Jesus, will not perish. That spend eternity separated from God in a place called hell. The Bible says because of our sin, we've fallen short of God's standard to have a relationship with God and to go to heaven when we die. And so because of our sin, there's a fine to be paid. You break God's law, you pay God's fine. Just like when you break man's law, you pay man's fine. And the fine for sin is eternity separated from God in a place called hell. And so Jesus said, whoever believes in me will not perish, like will not go to hell, will not experience the payment that the fine for their sin deserves. And so Jesus says, whoever believes in me will not perish, but have everlasting life. Because I am the resurrection and the life, Martha. Do you believe that? And I think Jesus is asking every person in the room tonight. It's one of the most important questions and probably the most important question you can possibly answer in this life is what do you believe about Jesus? Jesus said about himself, I am the resurrection life. You believe in me, you will not perish, but you will have eternal life so that even after dying, you will live. And so in that sense, you never, ever, ever, never die. Do you believe that? I know some of you are here and you've never made that decision before to put your faith in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sin. Maybe you've been trusting in being a good enough person. The Bible's clear that good people don't go to heaven, forgiven people do. 
It says in Ephesians 2, verse 8 and 9, salvation is not a reward for the good things that we've done. Good people, in other words, don't go to heaven. Forgiven people do. And you're forgiven of your sin when you commit your life to Jesus, when you put your trust in Jesus, when you believe in Jesus. When you make that decision, you will not perish. You will not experience the fine for your sin. You will receive eternal life. Your sin will be forgiven. Some of you have never made that decision before. Tonight is your night to trust in Jesus, to believe in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sin so that you will not perish but have eternal life. So Jesus says, do you, do you believe that, Martha? Because if you do, then you win no matter what. No matter what happens in this life, you ultimately, you win, Martha, if you believe I'm the resurrection and the life. Lazarus did. And so Lazarus wins. Regardless of what happens today, Martha, Lazarus wins. And you could win too. And so watch what she says, her response. Yes, Lord, she told him, I have always believed that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. Then she returned to Mary. She called Mary aside from the mourners and told her, the teacher is here and wants to see you. And so Mary immediately went to him. Jesus had stayed outside the village at the place where Martha had met him originally. And when the people who were at the house consoling Mary saw her leave so hastily, they assumed she was going to Lazarus's grave to weep. And so they followed her there. And when Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said this, watch, Lord, just like Martha, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. Mary responds almost exactly the same way that Martha did. God, if only you had come, if only you had heard us, if only you had listened to us in the beginning, if only you had responded when, when we asked you to, like if only you had come sooner, then maybe our brother wouldn't have died. Let's keep going. A few verses later, verse 33, it says this, when Jesus saw her weeping, you ever wonder if God sees you at your rock bottom moment? Even though Mary may be upset, even though Mary may be even angry or bitter with, with Jesus because he didn't come sooner. Even in the midst of that, notice, Jesus still sees her. He sees her weeping. You know, sometimes at a rock bottom moment, we don't feel like God sees us or cares or loves us because if he did, then maybe we wouldn't be going through what we're going through at that moment. But Jesus sees her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her and a deep anger welled up within him. And watch this. He was deeply troubled by what he saw. Where have you put him? He asked them. And they told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. He sees Mary weeping and he's troubled by this. It, it stirs up some anger in him. And it says, then Jesus wept. And the people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him? But some, watch this, said this. This man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? You ever wondered that? Jesus is doing things for other people. Why didn't he, why didn't he do that for me? Jesus helped them out of their rock bottom moment. Why, why didn't he done that for me yet? And Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb, a cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. You see, 
Jesus responds with grace and mercy to Mary and to Martha. In spite of their doubt, their disbelief, their, their confusion, their expectation for him to do things when, when they wanted him done. Even though Mary at first isn't even coming out to see him, and when she does see him, she's accusing him of, of not coming sooner, of not caring about him. But when Jesus shows up and instead of responding or reacting,